Welcome to the GRT Podcast. I'm back with Dave Shields. No Matt Costa this week, unfortunately, but it's just back to you and me, bud. How are we doing? I'm, I'm surviving. I don't, I don't want to say back to normal yet because my life is anything but that, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, you add a person to your house. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've been sick the last few days. Uh, I, I can't imagine things are like suddenly less hectic or anything. So I don't know. It's, you're doing your best. It's weird because hectic and chaotic is not how I would describe it. Things are just like perpetually calm, but they're just always that. Like I get a solid, I think I slept 10 or 12 hours a day for the last week straight. It's just in two hour chunks. So I'm just always tired and always sleeping. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not great. It's not not recommended, man. But like, listen, babies got small stomachs and they eat every two hours. Yeah. So, so you- that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, but baby girl's good. My sleep schedule is less good. We started to get on a more of a routine. And then, yeah, we've, we've had a little bit of a daycare plague going around for the last four or five days. So I'm in recovery mode now, but we're good. All right. Fair enough. I'm not complaining. Everybody, Everybody's good. You know, yeah. I love some sleep and I appreciate all, every minute of sleep I get. Do you think you're ever going to be able to do like a full night's rest, a normal one? When do you think that'll happen? Um, I think it'll happen when I fly to Denver in three weeks. Huh. Because okay. I'll be I'll be in a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, ho- hopefully soon, right? Like four weeks is usually like the was our like soft goal, baby wise, for when we like try to get like at least you know with the, with the first kid that was f- four or five weeks in, things got exponentially easier. So um, eyes on the prize there, and uh, baby girl will be three weeks old tomorrow. So we're still kind of like fresh out of the gates. So I'm not complaining yet. All right. Well. Other than Denver, what do you what do you got on the docket? I know you RCQ'd last weekend. Yeah, I played an RC. I played two rounds of an RCQ for about ninety minutes last weekend on like three hours sleep. Um, so at least it was quick and painless. Second best um, result. Yeah, I mean, I was actually excited to get out of the house. I like had very little sleep, but I got like all six coffee caffeinated, ready to go, and then just got destroyed. Um, and I say destroyed, I mean. I lost two close matches to unfortunate circumstances, but that's just how it goes in standard. Um, I have an RCQ this weekend on Saturday that I am potentially playing in again, pending things going smoothly around here. That's just like penciled in. Um, And then we have Hartford next week and Denver the week after, which is a lot. Yeah. What what are you thinking about for this week? Um, I'm so I've been playing a lot of red black. And I played red, black, ramp. I played 74 of the 75 that you sent me. Um, I think I switched out a bitter triumph for a go for the throat, which I guess is basically the same thing. Um, and I've been playing that deck on Arena a good amount. And I like I, I like it. I'm not going to say I win a ton with it or I win the most with it, but like I enjoy my games. Um, so I chose to play that in the RCQ. Things did not go my way. I got beat up by a couple of aggro decks. But um, I liked a lot of the cards in my deck. Um, I don't. I didn't like a lot of the rampy stuff, so I've kind of moved over to a red black mid rangey deck. Um, kind of reminds me of old school Jund with my Bloodberry Elves and all that. And I, I've been enjoying that deck quite a bit, and I've been like keeping up with ramp 
I'm not going to say I like beat it up anywhere close to as much as the ramp deck does, but I've still been like winning more than I lose to ramp. But I like feel like I'm beating the crap out of all of these nonsense decks that I was having a tough time with before. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, so. Yeah. It, it is weird where before we had to focus so much to like, try and beat domain. And now it just seems like kind of a non issue. Like not even a lot of people are playing it. So given that, what does that mean? Uh, and yeah, maybe the uh, geomancer or whatever appraiser, geological appraiser, like that kind of stuff. Maybe that's better. Just being like a little bit of a beatdown deck. You have some top ends if you need to compete with ramp or whatever. But I would imagine that you're still pretty solid against like the toxic deck, the red green deck maybe esper yeah i i think that's about how i feel all the matchups that you just listed rattled off um i've actually been quite a bit enjoying just like having a lot of a lot more cheaper spells so the, the appraisers are great and all but just like having the bats and the blood tithe harvesters at two mana just like getting on the board pretty consistently on turn two every time being able to play two or three two spells on turns four or five if you know the board demands that um, has been good. And then I still have, you know, three cruelties to kind of as my plan against ramp. And I, I, I've been enjoying it. The games are scrappier, right? So um, obviously my plan is less powerful. So um, I, just having fun with it. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to run that this weekend, knock on wood, assuming sleep and baby are good. Um, and we'll see how that goes, but I, I'd be lying if I said I put too much effort into it. <laughs> so are are you or are you not a treasure map enjoyer? Oh, dude, I so badly want to be a treasure map enjoyer, and they have not been good for me. Damn. Okay. I and like, listen, I'm, a, I'm I would say I'm a treasure map fanboy, but I'm not necessarily a believer yet. I think it was good for like two weeks, but given that all these aggro decks are popping up and ramp is falling off, having stuff just like blood tithe harvester instead, just makes more sense. Yeah. Like, dude, I got I got embarrassed by Tidebinder like multiple times. And that was brutal. Um, I will say that like cutdowns have been fantastic for me. And like I just I really I think the shift that you made in that list to like having cutdowns main deck made a lot of sense and is really smart and really good. Um the um Preacher of the Schism has really impressed me. So, like, that was kind of how I got to this red black mid range deck. Is like, I really liked Cut Down when where it was lining up in the format. I really wanted to play Preacher. Um, so, I, I landed on this red black mid range deck and I've been really enjoying it. Cool. Uh, as for modern, we have Denver, we have Hartford, both modern. Uh, where are we at for that? Dude, we kind of have two Hartfords. It's like kind of weird. So uh, I feel like yeah. we have three modern tournaments to register for in the next like two weeks, two and a half weeks, which is just a lot. Yeah, Hartford is two 10Ks. Yeah, two 10Ks, back-to-back days. And then like if you throw in playing random events Friday, which I'm like probably not going to do, but like you could do that. Like you all of a sudden have three different modern events in a row. So that if you want to do prep for Denver, you definitely can. And it's kind of unfortunate because I kind of feel like modern's the most boring it's been in a really long time. And like maybe that's just like everyone's being lazy, and I, I would yeah. actually buy that. But like, 
I don't know, it kind of feels like there's the least amount of nonsense happening and things are the most, I don't want to say figured out, but I would say the most predictable that they've been in quite a long time. The the metagame is mostly solidified at this point, which is interesting because like we ha- we have data, right? We could like look at look at numbers. I'm pulling up a thing right now that I have saved on my desktop. Uh so well, okay, first. Uh there there were like nine decks before that I thought were pretty big, right? And yeah. now it is very much like scam rhinos. Yog and Murktide is kind of up there too. Yeah, and you could throw Amulet in, and that's the five that always come to mind for me. Okay, so yeah, in, in the last 14 days on Goldfish, the four that I mentioned are the ones that are above 10%, and then uh, Amulet is at 6.5, so still one of those decks that people are not playing a ton of, right? But they're playing more Amulet than they are of like the next crop of decks, for sure. And yeah. I, I think that Amulet is just underrepresented. I think Amulet's very good. And I think it always will be underrepresented just given the style of deck it is. But like my shower thoughts of like, hey, I want to win the RC. What do I need to beat? Those are the five decks that come to mind. And I think everybody's that's playing in Hartford or the RC, their primary thing should just be to have a plan against those five decks, no matter what. Yeah, that's fair. And then for this table that I have, Amulet is the deck with the best win rate. At 56.4%. Yeah, not surprising. Uh, I played a little bit with the Amulet. It's very good. Yeah, I'm not going to be playing anymore with it. It just made my, my, made my head hurt. Yeah, it'll do and that. I, I, I'm like, I kind of enjoy decks like that, but like my approach to things like this have either been like, I either need to like double down or back off. And I just, you know, my instinct was back off. Uh, scam, 54%. Uh, Yogg, 53. Rhinos. 52.8 Murktide 47.8 and yeah that's that is the five and then kind of like I guess scales at 51 but everything else is mostly 50 or below yeah yeah I kind of put scales and hammer together it's just like these random saga artifact decks yeah I think that's fair and that that almost if you wanted to name a sixth deck to like be prepared for that would be it yeah, I agree with that. And then, uh, like I said before, I was kind of looking at it like it was nine decks. Uh, among those decks, I had Mono Black Offers and Mono Green Tron. And those decks have both fallen off kind of hard. Now creeping in the top nine, double creativity, 2.3%. It's coming back. It's coming 2%, back. baby. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah, it, and it's it showed up in the challenges like pretty reliably one or two a week for the last three or four weeks in a row. Um, it's weird because I don't know that it has any great matchups right now, but like, I don't know that there are decks that have a ton of great matchups right now. That's kind of what these top decks do is they kind of just like bring everybody to their level. Uh, looking at the chart, small sample size, I think for creativity, 10 matches against scam, 20%, (laughs) Yikes! Uh, six matches against Rhino, 25%. Three matches against Yogg went two and one, 50 50 against Murktide, one and four against Amulet, one oh against Living End, five oh against Scales. I knew that one was good. Yeah. Not great. What you're describing is not a good picture. No, it is, it is a very small sample size, but certainly the sample size among, like against the top decks, is not good. 
Yeah. Nope. So, and like Yogg's the only deck out, out of those top decks that I like kind of want to play against. I like my Yogg matchup quite a bit and I've done pretty well against it historically. But like all those other decks are, are, are ranged from things I'm okay with to don't want to play against. Yeah. Scam, Rhinos, Murktide, Amulet, at the very least, are hard matchups. Yes. They're not things that I would ever choose to play against. Yes. Uh, but I think the good side of this is you're generally pretty good against random stuff. Yeah, you're good against the nonsense. I would choose to play the creativity side of the scam matchup. Um, I wouldn't be excited about it, but like if I was to pick which side of the table to sit on, I would rather be playing creativity against scam and vice versa, but I don't think it's great. Rhinos, I think, is a bad matchup and is hard. And even if you're really prepared for it, I think I think that's one of the biggest knocks I have on creativity right now is I just don't think it has a good sideboard. And the, the I don't think it improves enough against this very predictable metagame as much as it needs to. And like historically, I look back at some of the events where I did well with creativity and I had a I had a sideboard that had a lot of versatile cards that were good in a pretty large amount of matchups. And it allowed me to like tweak and tune my deck against a big unknown field as I wanted to post board. But right now things are very predictable and you don't want cards that are good against a lot of different things. You want bangers against a few of these good decks and creativity just doesn't have them yeah i mean you look at scam sideboard for example and it's like a lot of chalices and explosives and just cards that creativity cannot play yep i want i want like cards that are like absurdly good against a couple of decks i don't want high versatility cards right now and um, i think creativity is far stronger in a very unknown unpredictable metagame than it is in the current one doesn't mean i'm not going to play it anyway yeah i mean if you were not going to play creativity where would you be i like i tried yogmoth it wasn't for me i tried amulet wasn't for me i think rhinos is where i would land and it has a it has a similar feel to me as creativity um it's a lot more versatile and it's a lot less powerful um i i just don't really enjoy it though so when it comes down to it, I'll probably just end up playing creativity because it's still like I haven't found anything else I really enjoy and I never went with decks I don't enjoy. So I'm just not going to do that. Hmm. Um, in my younger years, I probably would have done that and then lost with a deck I didn't like. But if I'm going to go down, if, I, if I'm going to lose, it's going to be playing something I like. Yeah, so, fair enough. Um, I think hammer being good or well positioned would be something that could get me off of creativity and I would be interested and open to that. Um, but I don't think it's very good. Yeah, it looks like decent against rhinos, uh, medium plus against scam, like 52% in 20 matches, and then 30 ish percent against Yogg, Murktide, and Amulet. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't really get it because historically, hammer was really good against Murktide. And like, one of the reasons to play Hammer was when Murktai was doing really well back in the 4C days. Well, the Murktai decks look a little bit different now where they have like subtlety and force negation. Yep. In small numbers, right? And they've so, gotten more free spells, um, which is fair. And I'm even seeing like a stern scolding main deck and stuff. So. Yeah. Murktide has been the deck that maybe I should be playing. I just don't think it's very good. I don't get, I don't really understand how it keeps winning all these tournaments. Yeah, I don't either because you look at 
Uh, so I'm trying to look at the the top five decks and the matchups against each other. Murktide, I think, has the worst spread of the top five decks against each other. Where it's like slight favorite against Scam, looks like slight favorite against Amulet, and then not good against Rhinos and Yogg. And yeah. given how I feel about Murktide versus everything else, it's just like, well, if, if you're not beating some of the more popular decks and I'm pretty bad against some of the random stuff. I don't I don't really like it, especially because a lot of it is like you need your cards to line up in in a very good way. And Murktide is one of the few decks that like doesn't have a power spike in the format. Yeah. Like everybody's going up to like three and four Murktide to so try to make that be your power spike or your plan. Yeah, but it's it's Which, not a power spike. That's just like a Tarmogoyf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's relatively, yes, but um, I don't know. It, 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 there's Murktide's always a deck that's going to be overrepresented, right? People love it. More people are going to play it than should. But it's won like every top eight from like all of the last big events, which is like kind of crazy. Um, the challenges, the qualifier, the mocks event, like it, it, it's pretty hard to debate its record in the top eights. Um, but its overall win rate doesn't really back it up. So it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean, 48% win rate. Yeah. Great. But I don't know. You, historically, hey, man, you and I have, like, taken down some big events with decks that nobody else could win with. So uh, I don't want to write it off completely. But um, yeah, Murktide for me has not been one of those decks. Yeah, I would agree with that. No, that's it's been kind of my the, experience too. It's the opposite where I see people winning with it and I can never win with it. Yeah. So Murktide is one of the few decks and the out of these top decks I have not tried. And the biggest reason I have not tried it is because I'm scared to. <laughs> I don't want to just run hot for one league and five oh and all of a sudden trick myself into playing it. Yeah, you get Murktide pilled. Yeah, not not feeling it. Um I have dabbled with four color a little bit, and that is on my list of things to do next week. Um, I don't think that there'll be a ton to do there, uh, but I am going to try it out and see how it goes. Yeah, I, I should have done more work on this, but it's, it's weird where no one else seems very motivated to work on it. And so I feel like I should not be either, which is clearly not right. Yeah, I watched a good amount of Nassif streaming over the last week and a half, and he's just happened to be streaming and brewing modern at the time where I'm awake. And he was working on four color a little bit. Um, and he was having some success, but he kept going back to rhinos. So I yeah. think there's something to be said there. But I mean, the metagame is solidified, right? And of the decks that exist in modern, one of the ones that has the ability to take advantage of that is Omnath. Yes. So I, I feel like you should be able to do something there, but you also have to get it just right. Yeah. And it's also like going to be a thousand plus player tournament. So like, I don't know, it's this weird like invite only, but Grand Prix style event, which is kind of why I just like creativity. It's something I know. It's something that's inherently powerful. I'll probably end up back there. I'll say in general, in the abstract, I'm pretty excited for MH3. <laughs> Because I, I do think modern needs a shakeup. It's yeah, just, uh, let's go. Um, so, and I think that's probably part of the reason why everybody's being relatively lazy with the um, development here is because, listen, 
there's four or five different decks that are all like very defensible to play. They hit a pretty good range of play styles. So it's going to be rare that like anybody is like, no, I hate all of these. Um, I don't think anybody's thrilled with their deck, but I don't think anybody hates it either. Realistically, though, I don't know. There's like 10 plus viable decks, like semi viable decks. Oh, like, yeah. I think I think there's a, a, a pretty absurd number of decks you're allowed to play still. The, the, the I think the big difference is, is that like there's only four decks that I think you can make a reasonable argument are the best deck in the format. Yeah. And like the the gap between and maybe five, right? Those five that we talked about. And I, I wouldn't put Merktide there though. Um and I and I think there's like a pretty big canyon between those and then the next bundle of decks. Yeah, I I, I do agree with that. But in terms of what people would generally consider to be like a good format or whatever, like this this looks like it is supposed to be that. Uh yeah. but a lot of it also comes down to like, are the games fun? At yeah. least in my mind. Dude, playing against grief and rhinos is not fun. Yeah, not really. No, it's just freaking lame. And I don't I don't really feel a need to justify it past that. I just don't enjoy it. So yeah, I kind of kind of forgot MH3 was a thing. It was just like, oh, I guess we're we're here for a while and maybe Denver shakes things up. I mean, there's the thing in Ghent this weekend also. Maybe something comes out of that. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm rooting for on the sidelines. And this is just me being very vulnerable and honest here is I really want to see Scam just crush everything. <laughs> I just I one, I think it's hilarious. I, I quite enjoy the comedic value of, you know, them banning the wrong card. Um, but I also just, I want to see it gone. So I want to see it do really well so we can just move past it. Yeah, ban all the MH2 cards right before MH3 comes out. Yeah, it will increase pack values. I mean, I can't imagine they actually print something that's good against grief. Yeah. I just I thought well, sees it, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the thing. It's just like, what, what do you, what do you print? That's that's good against it, you know. Yeah. It's like you already yeah. have stuff that's like oh, ley line of sanctity or whatever, but like clearly yeah. that's not even good. No, they're gonna print veil of summer, but make it zero mana. Okay, I mean that would do it. Yeah, if your opponent casted a spell without paying mana for it, you can pay this without paying mana for it. No, because it also needs to counter thought seize too. So oh sure, okay. Well, it also it, has a cantrip, so we're asking for a lot. We are asking for a lot. <laughs> No, just like Veil of Summer, but Phyrexian. Yeah, yeah, I would accept that. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that uh, playing creativity is just like I don't even want these veils because they just don't do anything half the time is pretty silly. Yeah, I mean, when they do do stuff, they're good, but they're not like bangers. They're not ten out of tens. No, right? They are like pretty good cards that I'm glad to have in my deck when they work. And then but, yeah. but they don't always work and they only cost one. Yeah. And the, the worst part, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they work and the fact that I had to fetch my stomping ground on turn one screws up my mana for the rest of the game so they don't actually work. That's a creativity problem. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I I definitely had that happen in Omnath too where I was on the play against Scam, hit Mulligans and the card I put on the bottom was Veil of Summer. And I was like, well, if if this is happening, then maybe I need to 
think about this a little bit more. Like, yeah, either the rest why... of your hand is absolutely perfect, or you have a problem with your sideboard. Yeah, and I, I had like delighted halfling into Teferi into one ring and three land. So not only did you put it on bottom, but I think it's like pretty indefensible to put anything else on bottom. Right. I mean, like I, I think I could have. Maybe put a bottom to fairy played land, not played halfling, and gone from there. But uh, it it kind of worked out, I think, because my opponent just played Ragavan, and yeah, you know, it was fine. But it it's still like a massive gamble if I do anything with Vale there, given what my hand was. So it's awkward. Yeah, after that, I was like, I've got to think twice about these veils because they are just not doing it. This is supposed to be like the primo card, right? And yeah. even when I'm in the situation where I should want it, I still don't even want it some of the time. So it's not not doing great work solving the grief problem. It's I don't get it, man. <laughs> but here we are. I think we have, is the European RC this weekend? I think yeah, it's this think weekend. So. Yeah. So that's exciting, and hopefully we'll get some results out of that that we can dabble with. And then we, given the format in Hartford, like we're going to get a couple bullets and things to try out. So um, I might have a couple of different decks to dabble with and try in Hartford before Denver. I think you should play the trial on Friday if you are at all like around and available. Okay. So I was looking at that a little bit, and like, there's a trial and there's just like an RCQ on Friday. And I was like, man, isn't the RCQ just like better to play? So I, when I went to Cincy, I was initially thinking that I was going to play the RCQ. And then after thinking about it more, even though it was a two day event, I was still just like, I want to play the trial because I get to like test my deck a little bit, see what the field looks like. And then you get, uh, for the two day thing, it was two buys. I guess for this, it's only a one round buy. So you could, I don't know, make a little bit more of an argument against it, but it's like a, a one-round buy even in a one-day event that I think the top two slots get invites, right? Yeah, yeah. first and second get invites. Like, you could say like, oh, it's easier to like win the qualification outright from playing the re-CQ. I think that's true, but it is Pioneer versus Modern also. Yeah. So we're already talking about standard and modern now. So now we're going to throw Pioneer into the mix. Well, yeah, I don't even want to talk about Pioneer. That's that's kind of part of it. It's just like yeah. I, I don't even want to think about it. I, although I do think I have a good Rakdos deck for whatever that's worth. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say just play the trial, get your buy, win your invite from winning the Open. That's it. That has been my experience historically, minus the buy part, but... Uh, yeah, we shall you see. haven't needed the buys, but imagine how how much more powerful you'd be with a buy. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do all morning, Jerry? Oh, well, it's, you only get one. So. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, then Saturday, there's a standard RCQ, which, sure, you could try that. And then another trial for the Sunday event. Got it. So there's a lot of tournaments. Oh, also, uh, this is... We always get like halfway through the, the cast before we talk about this, but like the new set is going to be out that weekend. Oh it's going to be legal. Uh, I did go over the stuff, all the cards, and I don't think there's anything that impacts modern, but obviously I could be wrong. So I read through Mythic Spoiler four or five days ago. All the cards weren't out yet. 
but there was quite a few out. And I was looking for the beanstalk, the one that slipped through the cracks, and I didn't see anything. Not for modern. But uh I guess yeah, standard I just makes my head hurt. Yeah, I wasn't looking under the guise of standard or anything, but I don't know. The the cards all did seem like reasonably powerful. I mean, so. the set seems cool. I'm excited about it. Uh, but it is kind of weird. We have another modern event. I mean, we know this. The Star City, of course, is going to be on pre-release weekend. Well, yeah. So I th- I th- thought that. But since he was not, it was also the week before the Ravnica remastered pre-release. Okay. So I don't know what happened with that one. Maybe they missed by a week. Yeah. Uh, but this, regardless, this one is, right? So um, yeah, this that one does is, give us a week. We get a week with the new cards, and then we get the RC. And Europe will go without the new set, which is kind of weird. True. But. Oh. Oh, in terms of Pioneer, there was a card I liked. I think there were two cards I liked. All right. Uh, Galvanize, 1R instant, deals 3 to target creature. If you've drawn 2 or more cards this turn, this deals 5 to that creature instead. Kill Shieldred. Kill Shieldred. Uh, For Drakes or Phoenix or whatever we were doing, like Phoenix, it's less of an issue because you have Lightning Axe, but for the Drake deck, we had like Blitz of the Thunder Raptor and fires of victory yep which fires is kind of awkward and then post board they lay line you and then your blisses don't work but like this thing mostly works yeah reasonable fights with a braid for the same slot yeah and then i think there was a black card i liked too i'm scrolling but Oh, there's like a campy counter to eliminate. That was kind of yeah. weird. I was going to say smother, but... Well, it kills a planeswalker. Yeah, it does. But it's smother, man. It is. Yeah, I don't know. For, for standard, they're, like a lot of these cards are pretty powerful, so I don't know. I It'll noticed. definitely shake standard up. What about you? What do you have planned? Are you is Chicago on your calendar? It is, but I don't know if I'm playing tournaments right now. I'll go okay. to hang. You know, and then if if there's something I like or if I'm feeling it, we'll see, but the um the spring travel for me, I have a couple of family trips and things planned, so um traveling for magic events outside of Denver is going to be tough for me for the next handful of months. So that the, the Pro Tour is off the table for me, which is unfortunate because I was quite excited to play that standard Grand Prix. Okay, well, what else can we get you to? I mean, we shall see. I mean, S- it's SCG we're gonna... Philly, SCG Atlanta. So though F- Philly is more reasonable, um, and we're going to have to get through Denver and then kind of go from there. Let's see what what's the date of Atlanta. Uh, I, I didn't even know there was an Atlanta. It's in April. I think it's first week of April. SCG Philly is March 8th through 10th. Yeah, and Atlanta is the 5th, April 5th. All right. So, all right, Philly is a maybe, March 8th through 10th. Non-zero chance I can do that. Modern 10K. Just a 10K, not even two. CEDH 5K. 
They're they're creeping. They're creeping on us, man. Oh man, they're really creeping on us. No, Friday there's a modern 5K. So is there another 5K on Sunday? Yes. There's there. a modern and a legacy 5K. Oh. So it's a 10K and then two 5Ks. And I guess that's their subtle way of supporting modern. I mean, uh, legacy. Yeah. We shall see. Let's get through Denver, and then we'll, we'll talk. We'll go from there. All right. Trying to bring up new trips with a three-week-old is uh, not an advisable strategy. No, I, I feel you. I agree. So we're in a day-by-day fight for survival. Yeah. And then if I ever qualify for something, that kind of gives me a free pass. Oh, uh, did you see this ley line? Yeah. The one that's a stupid number of colors. Well, yeah, it's four green pips for Nykthos. Yeah, just silly. I don't really get why they play with fire like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it, like hype train or whatever, but like I, it feels like nonsense to me. I like the Scrylands. I think they're cool. I think they're interesting. I like I like those discussions about like which deck oh. should they go in? Should I play one? Should I not? Yeah, question. What about one of the blue-red ones in Creativity. And 100%. Steam I would absolutely play it over the second Steam Vents. Right? Yeah. No, I don't even think it's close. That was my thought, too. I was I was thinking about, in, in terms of modern, where would I want these? And that is the one that's kind of like the slam dunk for me. Yeah. I, my instinct is that, like, most of the modern decks are going to play one of these. But I'm I'm probably a little bit more high on them than the average person. Uh, the, the exactly one. Yeah, I certainly don't want a lot of them, but there are just so many games where you're fetching, it could be a tap land, and if you're hellbent or close to it, you know the game's close. This is a good thing to have access to. Obviously, you don't really want to naturally draw this at any point, but if you do, hopefully it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, like, Surveil is better than Scry to begin with. And the fact that they count as these basic land types, not only does it make them fetchable, but there's other tangential benefits too. So they're they're, they're definitely pushed. Yeah, I think so too. So I guess for uh, Hartford, this is the one card that you need to get potentially. Yeah, one Thundering Falls. Got it. Yep. <laughs> one land. Yeah. Let's go. I just one rare wild card. I'll be fine. I don't, I don't think it works that way, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> and like, listen, if I don't get it, that's okay, right? Um, we'll go from there. Where are you thinking? Where are you landing modern-wise? How, where's your head been at? So there's the do as I say, not as I do approach, where I have a friend who qualified for Denver and is very good, but doesn't have a lot of time to play. Okay. and. I think the conclusion I came came to was probably just learn how to play rhinos really well and probably fix the problems that exist in people's current deck lists. And looking at the matchup spread, it is the only deck that is like 50% or above against all the other top five decks. So that's good. Uh, I think this person has mostly sworn that off and is like settled on scam which is also a fine choice. But I think that that would be my general recommendation for someone is that like 
it is proactive. It is powerful. It has like a, a bunch of you know free spells and powerful cards. Uh, it just has access to like a lot of different stuff. And yeah, it's capable of like answering things, playing shorter games, playing longer games, whatever. And it's weird because it's this deck that is constrained by the cascade mechanic too. But despite that, it's still able to do all of these things. It cheats on that so much, man. Yeah, of course. It plays as much, if not more, spells than every other deck in the first three turns of the game. Yeah. So um, I agree with you there. I think that like the default is if you're an amulet person, play amulet. And if you're not, then pick scammer rhinos. Yeah, I just don't think that scam is that good. Yeah. It just it has mid-range problems, man. I don't either. But like I don't think it's wrong. And I think that like those three decks are the only things that I could like defensively recommend to somebody. I think that like Yogmoth is acceptable and fine, but like is going to be targeted and hated out. And I don't think it's as inherently powerful as these other decks. I agree with that. But I've also been saying that for a while, and you see like two curse totems and all the sideboards, and yet it still puts up pretty reasonable numbers. Yeah. But I would hope that at some point the amount of hate, like direct hate goes up for it, or people start playing decks that are inherently good against it versus like just letting it continually get away with it, you know? Yeah, it's just like at an all-time high and everybody's like, let's just play Ragavan again. Well, yeah, you just told people to play Rakdos, so... <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't know. It's To me, it's a deck that's just... It's always underperformed historically. So, I have a hard time getting behind it. I think the other three decks are pretty reasonable. And like I said, I'm... If you can't beat them, join them, but I'm probably going to protest and resist and play creativity again, and then MH3 will come out and I'll hang it up. Yeah, that will that'll probably do it, huh? Yeah. It's hard to imagine it getting a ton, like, getting better. Yeah, that's true. This is, this is my first time realizing this. This is me dealing with loss in real time. <laughs> well, I'm just glad we, we created something for you to feel lost in the first place. No, I don't like that. It's... <laughs> they say it is better to have loved and lost. I disagree. Yeah, I was trying to think of the song <laughs> lyric as you said it. So that's exactly I where disagree. I was going. <laughs> I actually, yeah. like, given the fact that I have felt lost in my life, I would just rather not, actually. No, is that Jerry, okay? No, it's not. And you're wrong here. But I think it's okay. <laughs> At least past a certain point. I don't know, man. I was just telling you before the show that I ordered the uh, retro Shocklands for creativity for no other deck. I just got the mountains that I need. Yeah. You got pretty mountains. Yeah. I did. Five of them. And now you're telling me that in like three months, I just have to throw my creativity deck in the trash. Well, there's a good chance that the next deck you play has mountains in it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have like the one blood crypt or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one, but you got all of them. So. Uh, you have a, there's probably a low chance that you play all of them together. Yeah, I I would agree with that. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think the things that happen that that put creativity back in the format is like just it being more wide open again. But like, I can't imagine the deck getting too many upgrades in any of these slots. 
So I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine like what to even look for in a spoiler that would help it. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine there being something better generically than like Archon of Cruelty or a better generic like token enabler output thing than Fable, right? Yep. And Ren just fits so core to what the deck does and how it wants to hit land drops to begin with. Yeah, so like better removal, better free spells, better card drawing, maybe. But realistically, it would have to be like a very good one mana counter spell catch all thing, which I also highly doubt that we would get because that would be used more for evil than for good. Yep. Yeah, all the things that would actually help the deck are just things that are never going to happen. Like we want better card draw, but like we already have expressive iteration available to us, which is already banned in Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what are we hoping for? Yeah. Literal brainstorm. Yeah. I don't know. Back to reality here. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just the stuff that it would get outside of like the token stuff is just going to help everyone else way more than it helps you. Yep. Right. And then I would imagine that there's just going to be like other busted decks that pop up when creativity on the busted scale already compares unfavorably to a lot of the top decks. Yeah, which is just mind-boggling from a year ago. Sure. Like we're putting Archon of Cruelty into play on turn four, maybe two of them into play on turn five. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> it's not good enough anymore. It's just not. Oh, you know what they could do? Better reanimator support. I mean, Persist is pretty freaking good. No, I know, but like, we only have Archon. We only have Persist. What if we oh. get something that isn't crap like Unmarked Grave? You know? Okay. Okay. You see what I'm saying? You like yeah. make that aspect of the deck a little bit more consistent, speed it up a little bit. Now maybe we're cooking. All right. Maybe Faithless Looting? Look, I would take it. I probably wouldn't play it in this deck. I'd probably yeah. be doing other things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd mess with that. It sounds like we'll be moving on soon. Yeah, man. You, uh, why did, can I cancel my order for, <laughs> for those shock lands? No, keep them, man. Keep them. Keep them, play them, win the tournament. Uh, what else? If you weren't playing creativity, where, where else? Would, what would you do? No, not, so I, not what I, you think others should do. Yeah, I, I think play rhinos is a good general default thing. I also think that the deck could be tuned up a little bit more, not by much. Like, there are obviously a lot of inherent constraints, but like I was going through looking over some of the lists and it was like 21 versus 22 land. I think 22 is just correct. Uh, I like one gemstone main, one mutavault. Uh, I saw some with like zero gemstone, two mutavault, you know, uh, with 22 land, you could potentially do two Besaju, two Odawara. I think that's fine too, or at least like two of one, one of another. And then the amount of like Tide Binders and Flames and where they are in your 75, whether or not you're playing any copies of Dismember. Uh, I, I think I like at least one Dismember. It's small stuff like that, you know, things that you can tune a little bit. But yeah. Jerry that, wants more lands and more cheap cards. Surprise. Yeah. Yep, weird. Uh, news at 11. Yeah. Um, Amulet is very good, but uh, like I guess 
is it just getting carried win rate wise because of the other category? Yeah, it is because it's it's spread against the top five is not great either. Like scam rhinos, Merktide all look not great. Yeah, like it. It. I don't actually think Amulet has any good matchups. It just is incredibly powerful. Is definitely good against Yogg. Okay, fair. Um, and so for for Denver for the RC, what we saw in Atlanta was there's over a thousand people qualified for this thing, and there were three decks that I thought were good, which was uh, Phoenix Amalia Rakdos, and then Blue White was kind of like the sleeper good deck. And I expected those to be like 15% of the metagame or whatever, but because the tournament is so big that like not everyone is going to make the same deck choice. Like if it was a pro tour, I think the numbers would be like that. You know? Yeah. At a pro tour, like a lot of people that travel together are very likely to play the same deck. Whereas I feel like Grand Prix and these, these style events are the opposite. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, especially when you start talking about, to some degree, Pioneer, but certainly Modern, too, where it's like, I only own the one deck, bro, and I don't have, like, a spare $1,000 to just wholesale buy a new one. Yeah, and right before MH3 comes out, it's not the time where I'm allowed to spew on another Modern deck. Am I allowed to spew on <laughs> Retro Shocklands for my deck? That's Yo, come on, you spend, like, 50 bucks. I spend more than 50 bucks. Are they that expensive? Uh, they're, like, 20s, man. Okay. Steam vents were 25. All right but they're pretty. They are pretty. And you're definitely going to use the steam vents, right? Yeah, but it's it's problematic to you because now if I do something like play Pioneer, I will need to acquire the other two. Maybe. Or maybe you get some Thundering Falls. In Phoenix? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that this list, like the, the metagame share where it's like, oh, these four decks are 10%, like, that might not be true for the RC. Like, take 15% off of what you're seeing in the Moto metagame, and that is going to be more similar to, like, what the RC meta is going to be. And if Amulet is absolutely dumpstering the other category, maybe Amulet is the pick. Yeah, like, if I walked into the room and had to, like, pick somebody to win the tournament, like, the best Amulet player in the room is probably a pretty reasonable choice. I think that the one weakness with amulet players is that they go way too deep and they do a lot of nonsense. <laughs> Basically because are we, are we... <laughs> I think that's kind of defensible, but I think that they do stuff just because they can and not because they should. Yeah, they play pinkies out. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Is that just like sipping my tea kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, with their pinkies out. Yeah. They they think they're fancy. Yeah. They want to feel clever. Did you know that they're playing like four defense grids in their sideboard now? I knew they were playing a lot. I don't... I, I think I would probably have guessed three. Four is a big number. It is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of defense grids. <laughs> I mean, like, they can just play the Rhinos on their own turn. I know that that's not what it's for, but... Uh, whenever I played Amulet, I had, like, three Cavern of Souls. And now they're playing Defense Grid and, like, no Caverns. Yeah, there's so many good new lands they've printed, but I'm with you there, too. And I would be lying. Like, I don't even want to begin to have opinions about this deck because it just, like, it makes my brain hurt. 
Yeah, I know that I'm going to get some angry DMs. Yeah. Liam. <laughs> I watched Cedric streaming this deck and trying to learn it a little bit, and I was just laughing. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, Cedric playing Mono Green Devotion for the first time. And it was an instance where he's like trying to figure out the combo, but didn't have like the math cheat sheet. Yeah. And he went, he went through it like four times where like every iteration he was losing a mana each time. <laughs> yeah. That's and then ev- eventually end up getting decked, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I found it incredibly entertaining watching him try to figure it out. Yeah. And then he and I were both trying to figure out Lotus Field at some open a while ago and both failing like pretty miserably at that. Yeah. So, yeah, some of the stuff is like kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I found like uh, may- maybe it's a little sick, but like Chad is like mostly trying to help him, but then every once in a while, set trying to sabotage him. Oh no! Yeah, he, you never know. He, yeah, and, and like it's complicated enough that you're never quite sure if he's getting trolled or they're serious. <laughs> so I don't know. The whole dynamic itself was very entertaining to watch, but I'm just gonna stay away. I'm keeping my distance. Not for yeah. me. I do like the fact that the main deck is mostly solidified, but the sideboard is just where it gets like all kinds of weird for Amulet, you know? Well, what goes in the sideboard's weird. And then when you start talking about even how to sideboard and how to move those cards into the deck and what to board out, it's really complicated too. So sure. I, I think the overall theme with Amulet and Rhinos both is like what's going to separate people from that do okay with the decks to doing really well with the decks is like fighting through the hate. So oh my like, God. Dude, this amulet deck has two earthquakes in the sideboard. Literal earthquake? What are we earthquaking? <laughs> well, not flying creatures. Dude, explain. <laughs> Maybe it's for the damage to their face. No, someone explain these two earthquakes. This random list I just clicked on has the new dino that fights things. What is that for? Uh, it kills Magus of the Moon. Yeah, but you need green mana still. Yeah, but they have they have four forests, or like I guess yeah, this earthquake couple. one has five forests. Yeah. Oh, and it's the best thing you can pack for that kills it, I guess. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't get it. That's why I said my brain's too small for this stuff. I'm too old for it. It's Quinth makes more sense to me than earthquake. All right. <laughs> oh, they both kill Magus. Oh, there. No, that's it. Earthquake kills Magus. I don't I don't know why that's better than like a dismember or whatever, but Lightning Bolt, man. You can just play Lightning Bolt. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you want to like kill the Ragavan too or whatever. Yeah. Maybe you occasionally earthquake for ten and kill him. I I doubt it, but sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it does sound pretty unlikely. It's just dude, it's stuff like that. It's just like I went into the tank. I needed a lightning bolt effect and I came out with earthquake and it's just like, yeah, pinky's out, bro. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen Dom explain things to people with this deck enough times where they ask what I think is a relatively straightforward question. And he replies back with like three paragraphs. I'm like, I just, I can't do this. I'm on a different level. I, okay. Honestly, I kind of did that with creativity and Cincy when some people were talking to me about it. Well, yeah, well, and that's fine. That's the level I'm on, right? So I'm not, listen, I'm jealous. I wish I was on these other levels. It's just, it's not where I'm at. This is mostly be, about me being self-aware. And I'm I'm proud that you're there with creativity or at least we're there at one point. 
Well, it was, it was two weeks ago, so I think yeah. I'm still there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I posted a lot of stuff on like the Patreon in regards to like sideboarding and whatnot. You and I had a good conversation. You you flipped my opinion on a thing. Uh, so I'm I'm still learning, obviously. But I am I'm pretty deep at this point. Can we just can we ban MH3? Not even for like format health considerations. It's just like I, I have this deck that I kind of like playing. Yeah, unban Fury and ban Grief and and eliminate MH3. We're good. Uh maybe. Honestly. We'll see. What if what if MH3 only does good things for the format? So for whatever it's worth, I would assume that it does only good things for the format, given I think overall the overall impact that MH1 and MH2 have had, not universally good, but I, I think the net impact they've had on modern has been like pretty unanimously positive. So I think it would be silly to expect anything but great things from MH3. And I say that knowing nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that once you undo the oopsies, it is usually good things. Yeah, and I, there was no, there were there were not oopsies in MH2, or at least Fury to this point is the only card that's been banned, right? So Yeah, but you can certainly point it like Ragavan, Grief, Solitude as not really doing great things. Yeah, I mean, I, my personal opinion is that things like Solitude and Ragavan are great, but I'm not going to go there on grief. But I think the impacts that Ragavan and Solitude have on the format are really positive. Ragavan, I would say net good. Solitude Fury is net negative because you look at this share of decks and there are not really creature decks here. Like there, there are Scam and Merktide and, and stuff like that where it's like, okay, this is a means to an end. But where where is like a... Uh, any sort of uh, what they changed it from typo already again to some to something else, kindred or whatever. You know, yeah. Like we we just can't have like elves or merfolk in the format when those cards exist. That's fair, and I don't like that. That's fair. Or or any sort of just like creature based mid range good stuff thing like. I like those decks. I like them quite a bit. I don't... I On the surface, I don't disagree with you. I just... I think that's a cost, and I think the, the net impact that those cards had on the format was reasonably high, and there was some collateral damage, and that's just kind of how it goes. But... Too much, too much stack interaction nonsense. Yeah. I, listen, man, I like Solitude because nobody's doing any nonsense with it. If if the format got to a place where there were creature decks and you needed to like ephemerate that thing or whatever, you would. Yeah. It's just you don't have to right now. So what's the point? That's fair. It's like all, all those decks already died. You just shouldn't be allowed to blink those things, man. No, I do I agree. I agree completely. It's so it's so easy to put evoke on it because that's a thing that exists versus making a new thing. Yeah. 
like they tried reprinting Cascade and they're like, oh, we'll just make it so it's a come into play trigger so that if you counter the spell, they don't get the Cascade too. And now everybody's just reanimating those things. Yep. It's like, got you good. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Fixed it. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, you could have fixed Cascade. Although, like, I, I just don't even know why you'd be like, oh, we're going to redo this. But uh, you could certainly do a fixed evoke, right? Where it's just like you, it doesn't come into play. You just use it as a spell. Yeah. Listen, man, some people just like to play with fire, you know? And sometimes those are the people making the modern Ryzen sets. And it's just like, you know, 1.5 mistakes per set, which honestly is low given the constraints that they're under. So it, it should be an expectation at this point that it happens. It just, it sucks when it does happen. That's all. Yeah. I don't know. I think MH2 was like a pretty unbelievably well done set. I did enjoy the limited format quite a bit. Yeah. I didn't even mention that. I right? will say that. So, uh, and, and for whatever it's worth too, MH2 is what got me back into magic. That was like when I started playing again. Okay, fine. I, Seeing I'm those not cards get it. printed is like pulled me back in, man. All right. Well, I'm biased here, but. No, I mean, that uh, you just biased me too. I'm happy about that. I'm happy you're here. I don't know if I'd be here if you weren't here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. MH2 came out and they, it was like just, COVID was just starting to not be disastrous. And there was like team events popping up in our area because organized play still wasn't really a thing. So we started playing Legacy Modern Standard. Was it was Standard the third format? Or it might have been Pioneer. Legacy Modern something. And I had fun with that. Yeah, I would do more of those. You know, those are great. Team events are great. I don't, that's one of the other things for Star City. Bring, I don't care about the small prize pools or whatever, but like top two qualifying, you can't have qualifiers with team events, whatever. Just do them anyway. What if, what if two of the teammates qualify and the legacy person is just SOL? Yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would still take the legacy seat for whatever it's worth. Yeah. Whatever. I think there should be exceptions for that, man. I really do. But well, Apex did announce a, a team tournament, but I don't think we should go to that. Yeah. It'll take you like an extra day to try and get there. Yeah. My travel between now and June is going to be like tough. So we need to be very selective. Yeah. I mean, I think Philly and uh, Atlanta, Philly, maybe more so. Just like, could you fly in the morning of? Yeah. Pretty close to it. And Philly's like a, a five or a six hour drive. So, okay. Yeah, that's not bad too. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was 22, I might have driven, you know, that night, Friday night, played the tournament, driven home Sunday night. Yep. Yeah. So you could do something like that for Philly, maybe not Atlanta, but yeah, if you have a, Chicago's if you have a direct, the one that hurts to miss. Uh, you're not missing much. And I say that as someone who's probably going. Yeah. <laughs> we can figure it out. Uh, what are the odds that we can get your brother to join us in one of these? Um, not zero. Um, he has not. He did not come home for Christmas, so that's where my hesitation is. And but then he owes you. Yeah, he owes me. My dad is retiring next week, so my brother and I are traveling with him for like a retirement celebrationy thing early April. 
So I kind of dipped into his magic travel for that. Okay. Well, early April is also when Atlanta is. Yeah, so that's probably off the table. Okay. Fair enough. Thought I would bring it up. Thought we should keep it on the table. No, we should. Hart, and like, you know, I, he's probably like when I talked him into this thing for my dad, he was like, well, I probably can't do that in Denver. So uh, times are tough, but hopefully this summer has some good events and we'll go from there. True. That's so far away, though. I know it feels so far away, but I also feel like we're going to blink. I mean, it's dude. next week. It's going to be February. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. Time flies. All right. Fair enough, man. Uh, Rakdos in all formats, I guess, on on your end in terms of what you recommend to the public. Standard is great, man. I think you can play anything. I, I think so. I, 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 I skipped around a little bit, but standard wise, I played a good amount with that red green deck. I don't oh, love do you, it. Do you order the cards? Yeah, I order the cards. I played a good amount with it. Um, it's a little bit more fragile than the Boros heroic deck that I was playing for a while. Well, yeah, it's Pioneer versus. Yeah, versus I standard. get that, and I get that. Um, I just even in my decision trees, right? It just it felt like once I mulliganed on the play, I was in trouble a lot more. My, it, I don't know. I just didn't feel quite as resilient um as i would have liked and so i didn't love it i think the toxic deck the it's bant but i call it blue white is it's really good um and i think that if i wanted to be doing like a tempo-y low to the ground thing that is where i would be fair i don't have the cards for that deck so not really on the table for me but i i that if somebody handed me a 75 for that and I showed up to the tournament tomorrow, like, I would be very happy to play that deck. I think it's good. I think the mana for it stinks. I think <laughs> people's mana bases are not optimally built and need to be reconfigured. Um, but I, I think the deck itself is very strong, and I think it's kind of a a good place to be right now. Fair. No, I, I do agree with that. It does. It does seem strong. It just feels like a deck that... I am normally on the other side of it's like, I uh, will just show up with a bunch of cut downs and like night clubbers and like do my Jerry things. And I'm more comfortable with that aspect. Yeah. Um, I just, in the interest of like, Oh, I want to play a tempo deck. I, I think if I wanted to go all in on a tempo deck, that was, that'd be where I wanted to be. Yeah. I'd probably just play blue black. Yeah. I mean, blue black is so blue black. How I got to the Rakdos mid range deck is I, I, Moved off of Rakdos ramp because I wanted to play cheaper cards. I played some games with blue-black. I got beat up by Appraiser, and now I'm on black-red again. Got it. So, so that's my full curve. You got any RCQs around you? I had one last weekend that was 40 minutes for me that I skipped due to interesting circumstances. And then I was talking to Cho off and on and he called me earlier but I was napping uh, because he has a double this weekend I think oh or dude maybe, maybe it's just a single but I've been I've been like kind of busy with a, a few various things and uh, Cho was sick for a few weeks so we didn't really talk about it all that much but in theory I could do that sounds pretty good what would you play? I'd probably just play blue black. Yeah. But 
I am I'm missing like a couple cards for each deck, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. And I I did order them for Hartford, but it was like it, it was stuff that I thought I had acquired and didn't. So then it was like time for me to actually lay out and build my decks and it's like maybe I do own them and just can't find them or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I've had the same experience. There's like a couple of random comments where I'm just like, oh, I definitely have that already. I'm not going to order it. And then I don't. And they're like a quarter. I'm like, why did I Why did I not just do buy them? Yeah, I should have just made sure. Like, uh, Anoint the Affliction is one of them. Yeah. And the uh, Lithomantic Barrages, I thought I had too, but I just can't find them. Uh, but it's like, I'm missing two Preacher, two Haunted Ridge, and two uh, Schooner. Huh. So either for red, black, or blue, black, I'm missing some like potentially very important cards. And I have not always been able to get all the cards that I want. And if I am missing something along those lines, it's like, uh, should I even play? Or I'm missing two gigs also. Well, that's an arm and a leg. They went down to 30. They're only 30 now. Oh, okay. Would happily purchase. Buy the dip, man. Uh, I, I think I did order all these things for Hartford. So I will have them for then. Okay. I like blue black too for whatever it's worth. Like I think I think it's really good. Um at the at least at the RCQ I went to last weekend, it was like basically half the tournament was either ramp or esper. And I was like nervous about playing blue black into a field of that many Esper decks. Yeah, it's not great. Like wedding announcement appraiser are probably the two cards where it's like hard to contain all that stuff. Yeah. So I liked I wanted to play a deck that had a lower curve than what the ramp decks are. I just like wanted to cast more spells. So something that has a lot of one and two and three mana cards was high on my list. Then that's kind of how I got to black right is I, I wanted to be good against Esper and I certainly wasn't gonna play Esper. Yeah. Yeah, Esper has a lot of one power cards. Not uh, a Esper's the Murktide deck of standard. Yes. That is so true. 47% win rate, baby. Let's go. Busted. And it will probably, they'll probably be one in top eight and we'll probably win the tournament. Yeah. Either way, I think we're on the same page. We both love the bat. Yo, the bat's good. No, it is. <laughs> it's really good. And the bat's good. And I was like, for a while, I was like, I can't really play the bat unless I have things in my deck that make the bat better. Like Gicks. Nope or Rafine, or like something to crew. And no, that's just wrong. You can just play the bat. My new favorite thing to do with the bat is to not take their removal spell and just like mess up their curve and force them to cast their removal spell on my bat at an awkward time. No, that's fair. And like for a while, it was just like, oh, they have one removal spell, just like auto take that. The bat doesn't die. Yeah, they just like play Rafine and you yeah. just lose. Yeah. So I've been um I I probably lost some games trying to get fancy with which card I take with the bat to be honest because I've just been experimenting. Pinky's out. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just trying to feel fancy, but I've been enjoying it. Uh, and it's nice on Arena too, where all the cards just stay visible. I I can't that that feature is just fantastic. It is good. It is weird that the hand is like displayed in a circular motion or circular way, and they're upside down. You know, like I know you can hover over them, but. Well, it's it's supposed to look like real life, Jerry. I mean, that doesn't. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not it, how things work in real it's life. It's like we're playing magic in the metaverse. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I I don't like any of that really. Yeah, but I don't right. disagree with that. But it'll be fun. We got a fun couple of weeks. Uh, 
I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but I mean, we're going to be talking and we're going to be like a few days before Hartford and you're coming up. So I'm going to see you. So that's fun and exciting. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about the new set. Could do that. Uh, could talk about Ghent results too, probably. So eh, there's always something. A little both. Game. Good luck.